0: Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be-favorite bands. Today, we're chatting with Jaime Preciato of Pierce the Veil. For fans of Bring Me the Horizon, Falling in Reverse, My Chemical Romance, and Sleeping with Sirens, we'll be chatting about Pierce the Veil's new album, Jaws of Life, produced by Paul Meany of 21 Pilots, Mute Math, and The Blue Stones fame. We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be, ways to never make the same record twice, and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio. Head over to AsherMediaRelations.com. That's AsherMediaRelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndicall Music is a full service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicallmusic.com. That's syndicallmusic.com. S Y N D I C O L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. Well, Jaime, thank you so much for coming on. Go ahead and say hello to all of our beautiful listeners. Hello. Hola. How you guys doing? Hola, cómo estás? Back to you, Jaime. We are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you again for coming on. Let's get into this new record, Jaws of Life, out February tenth, Fearless Records. My first question, Jaime, is what was the greatest moment for you producing this record? We had
1: a lot of, <laughs> a lot of. I wouldn't just, yeah, it was definitely not just me. It was a lot of people in the, a lot of cooks in the kitchen on this one, and um, yeah, having someone like Paulini on the record, um, producing, uh, just so many different things i can't even begin to start like this is the first time we've done a lot of these things we had brad from third eye blind drum on the record paul meany from mute math produced the record who we've never had a producer who was also an artist work on an album before with us so that was a a completely new thing and yeah we recorded it in a house in new orleans so like this this record was just from beginning to end it was just such a different process than we've ever done. And that's kind of our that's kind of a, that's our go-to. Like we never want to make the same record twice. We never want to do the same process twice. We take all the good things and all the bad things that we've done in the past and try to learn from them and and, and keep going. And this was the same. You know, we definitely did a bunch of stuff that I really loved and a lot of stuff that we, you know want to work on for the next album and, and moving on. So um, I think across the board, just this whole process was very special to all of us. and it, I think we all just became closer because of it. like the three of us just in a house. Living together, building the songs day by day, um, and also yeah, and and not to mention you know having like I said having Paul Mini as an artist, being able to butt heads with somebody like that because we're we're both so passionate about the project you know so that was really fun too I think um, we've never actually
0: had that in the past butting heads I'm imagining Gordon Ramsay and somebody somebody else <laughs> getting at it talking about no yeah. that's not how you cook a steak that's his yeah. exact that's a baseline yeah. buddy where I come from yeah. You know, uh, Brad from third eye blind, uh, drumming on the record, which is, you know, super yeah. cool recorded in a house in new Orleans. And it sounds like even living in that house, um, yeah. never wanting to make the same record twice uh, building the songs day by day. So many cool things. Were there any challenges on this record? And if so, what did you learn from those challenges? Yeah. I mean, I think
1: not only just the time that we were in making the record, you know, we were post pandemic still kind of about the tail end. Learning how to navigate that, um, and then also once we left the house, we still had to do a lot of work. You know, re, uh, Vic and I recorded all the uh, all the vocals here in San Diego in our studio here in San Diego, sending them to Paul. He, him, sending us back. You know, a lot of Zoom sessions like that. We've never done anything like that ever. So, all of those things we call them challenges. They were just different different ways of doing the same kind of idea. You know, back in the day, we would spend three months in a studio. Um, but that just wasn't the case this time around. And um, yeah, we had to definitely have a couple, you know, learn, like do a couple things on the spot and figure that stuff out. But, you know, I think the record is uh, how it sounds and what it is because of all those things.
0: Yeah. You mentioned a few things there. One I wanted to unpackage was Zoom sessions and working remotely, basically. Exactly. Take us through that. How do you work how do you make an album over Zoom?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was there was times when when it was me, Vic, and Paul were on a Zoom session, and we were watching Paul's screen as he was showing us what he was doing in real time. And it was almost like we were in the room with him, but we were, you know, three thousand miles away, or however far, you know, so that to us, we've never done that. And it was crazy that technology has come this far to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that was just so different. you know, being trying to be creative through a screen, Talking to someone, you know, in another another state across the uh, across the, you know, <laughs> it, it was wild. So that we've never done that before. You know, it's it's a lot of new challenges for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so using Zoom, uh, connecting, you know, across state lines, real time recording, voodoo stuff. Speaking of New Orleans, but. <laughs> Is there any other gear? I mean, how did you guys set up the studio? Maybe take us through that in the in the New Orleans space. Yeah, I mean,
1: normally we we try to bring as much stuff as possible to the studio, but, but Paul had an assortment of a bunch of different gear. He had like tape machines. He had this like giant space echo machine that we were just running everything through because it sounded crazy and weird. Um, and yeah, man, there was my favorite version um, or the, my favorite takes when we're t- towards the end of tracking, say one song. Paul Meany would say, all right, time to do the fuck all tracks, which meant grab any (laughs) instrument, grab anything that makes noise and we're just going to do maybe two or three passes of the song and we're going to make these crazy weird sounds and do kinds of you know, we're just one guy's on the guitar one guy's with the drill hitting the guitar just making these crazy weird sounds one guy's on a guitar pedal and then after 10 minutes of that we would take three seconds of one thing that we heard that was cool and that turned into this little thing in the beginning of the song or in the middle of the song like that was super fun because that's literally like on the spot creativity. And and we've never done that in the past. And not only did it help us kind of get the juices flowing creativity wise, uh, creativity, creativity wise it also made it super fun and and made it kind of like it kind of took us a step back to like, hey, man, we're, we're not only we're we making an album, but we're having fun doing it, you know, and that's really important to us.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, I imagine it'd be important to you guys, you know, taking the process of making albums, but making it fun with these fuck all tracks getting three seconds of something super on the spot spontaneity spontane spontaneously creative uh becomes a unique part of the recording get those juices flowing taking a step back to look at the bigger picture now earlier jaime you had mentioned that the album got you guys closer together was this the reason why
1: well yeah i mean with with you know as soon as we got done touring in like 2017 2018 you know we normally do the decompressor tour start having a conversation about the album, start getting together, start working on stuff, skeleton some ideas. And we were doing that for a good amount, you know, almost a full year. And and then obviously the the pandemic happened. And that for us was such a a lot of bands go and go into that and were able to get creative during that time. You know, being at home, being in your home studios, working on tunes and stuff. And we were just like not that. We were so opposite of that, unfortunately. And it it was tough for us because we're so we're such a tight you know, knit unit that being away from each other made it very difficult to be creative. And then obviously, you know, once we started getting together again, we realized how much we missed each other and how much our, you know, we all got like during that time, we all got married. Um, Vic's about to have a kid on the way. Like we just, our families grew and our PTV family grew. And that made it feel, you know, we just really missed each other. And I think once we, we got together and realized the band is, is starting to build steam again. You know, people are starting to talk about us going into the studio and all that stuff. It kind of made us realize how, how, how much like resilient we are, you know, and how much, um, how together we actually feel, you know, how, how connected we we were, we miss that stuff. So being in the house in new Orleans really felt like we were on tour again, you know, like we were playing, getting ready to play some of the biggest shows we probably would play. And we, we had that in the back of our minds always.
0: Yeah. Interrupted by the pandemic, realizing you're a tight knit unit and being a part made it difficult to be creative. I mean, any other musicians listening in right now resonate with that at all whatsoever. Uh, You guys got married. Vic's about to have a kid. I read that some of the themes on the record are really quite personal. Did all of this go into the record? Yeah. I mean,
1: like lyrically, I'm going to, that's more of a Vic question, but I, I know that there was a lot of themes on the record about, being kind of overwhelmed, being kind of stuck. And, and I mean, the whole record is kind of, you know, the jaws of life meaning to us was something about seeing the sun again, being able to breathe again, being able to go, okay, I can do this. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's fucking go. You know? So, um, like I said, every song has its own deeper meaning. And and that's more of a Vic question because, you know, he, he does all our lyrics and stuff, but I know, um, a lot of the songs had that type of, um, aggressiveness towards towards the that escaping kind of part, you know, especially like, you know, Pastor Nirvana, a perfect example of that song. That one had such aggression from from the start, you know, and that one we knew was going to be the first track we were going to release. We knew that was the first track we got finished on the record. Um and yeah, that 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 kind of feeling of of things that we used to take for granted, you know, like a lot of kids that year didn't get to to graduate like normal, didn't get to go to a normal prom, you know just so many different things happened that we just didn't realize. And it, it felt like we needed a song to kind of rally around and be like, you know what, this is fucked, you know? And, and and now we can kind of, you know, move forward and, and get past that. And, 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 you know, listen to that song live and, and really escape from all that.
0: Yeah. Each song having its own deeper meaning, really connecting with how you feel in the moment. And it is, was it is, it was what it was aggressiveness towards the feeling of being stuck, towards things we took for granted. More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. 2Madsen is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kemper Profiler Packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer Expansion Packs for programming drums. 2Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to 2 That's 2Madsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click contact Fill out the info for your next project and let two know that the rock metal podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label, publishing, and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to wormholedeath.com. That's wormholedeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the rock metal podcast sent you. How would you define success at this stage of your career, or maybe even with just regard to this release, Jaime?
1: Success! Wow. Um, I think for us, I mean, I have such a small. I, I'm I'm like a little puppy, man. I get excited of just about everything. Just you give me some good news, and I'm super pumped. Uh, for me, I'm just really thankful that all these fans stuck around. You know, it's it's tough, especially now that in this day and age where attention is is so important. Um, the, the social media is so important, and you could literally be forgotten in a day. No one would, no one cares in a day, you know. So, the fact that we've um, been gone for so long, working on new music, and are starting to like have this resurgence of, of, of you know, new music coming out. All these fans that stuck around, all the shows that we've played thus far have been so amazing. Probably the best shows we've ever done in our career. Um, it feels really special, and to me, I, I want to just keep doing that. I want to keep growing. I want to keep showing new fans our music you know because as much as it like blows my mind i remember every night um in the last couple months we were playing shows we would ask the crowd how many times have you seen you know pierce DeVille play and being a band as long as we have we expect pretty much everyone in the crowd to, to, to at least seen us once and it was almost more than half said it was their first time seeing us so wow. that to us is such a huge and and it's just such a an amazing feeling because it feels like the, like we're a brand new band. It feels like we're starting over in this in this level of, of you know, we're a little bit stronger. We're a little bit wiser. We're a little bit, you know, <laughs> it's just all these things coming into play. And, and it feels really cool, man. And I think if we can just kind of ride this wave and, and keep building and playing for new fans every night, I think that's a win for us.
0: Yeah. Being like a puppy with good news, being grateful that fans have stuck around. Because you I mean, you mentioned you, you can be forgotten in a day. And being on stage playing for new fans. I mean, what an honor. Absolutely incredible response to the success question. Now, I was glad to go ahead and head back to a conversation about Paul Meany. Meany Man, the Meany Meister. The Meany Meister. You mentioned him many, many times, and I didn't want to ignore that whatsoever. So I'll give you just a broad stroke question and just let you go. Paul Meany, what was that like?
1: Paul Meany, I mean, first and foremost, he's a great artist. And I think. Artistic people like Paul have very, are very strong opinions about certain things. And that was something that um, I think me personally wasn't, I was ready for it, but it was like when someone cares just as much as your project as you do, it, there's something there, there's something cool going on. And and sometimes, you know, he told us some, some, some truths that we had to kind of, you know, listen to and things that we fought over, whether it was like this, the, the song was going to be this way or this part was going to be that way. And I think for us, a little bit, we had we had to in, in certain situations like that. We kind of had to stick to our guns in the sense of like, this isn't our first album either, you know. And and we had to type kind of like convince ourselves like, hey, this is our fifth album. Like, we also also have like a lot of knowledge that we're maybe forgetting or, or not using right at the moment. So like, sometimes you and I, and this is not necessarily with just Paul. This could be with with any record with any producer, just on your even on your own. Like, you have to kind of trust your gut and, and and trust the fact that all the moves you made thus far have gotten to you have gotten you where you're at now you know so sometimes when you're when you're making a new album um doubt starts to creep in is this is this is this song cool does this work is this the vibe we're looking for and you have to just kind of trust yourself And, and and he brought that out of us a lot you know he there were so many times when he just was like dude you guys are pierced the fucking veil and that to me was like it was super funny at the time but man do we sometimes need to hear that because you forget you're in the zone you're you're, you're too zoomed in on the project. You're like, you have blinders on. And then he kind of goes, Hey, take a step back. Look what we've done, you know? And and you're like, Oh shit, this is actually like kind of crazy, you know? So that sometimes you need somebody to kind of take you a step back, you know, and look at the bigger picture of things. And he was really, he was really good at doing that because he's been in that situation. You know, he knows, he knows the the, uh, ins and outs of labels and management and, you know, even like from like radio stuff, you know, like we've never danced with that kind of before. So he was talking about even things like that. He's like, be prepared for this, be prepared for that. So he he definitely was a a master in his wisdom for sure.
0: Very cool. Those labels, management, radio, be prepared for certain things. Yeah. I guess without, without sharing too much, what's something that he shared with you that was like, I don't know, earth shattering where you were like, all right. Well, okay. Very cool. It, it, man. So many things. I don't know if it was earth shattering,
1: there were just little bits, you know, he was, he was never like one day he would say something super profound. It was just all day, little tiny things. You know, he was very much into like the soul of things. He's like, I don't care. Like he kind of made me realize sometimes you, you don't need the perfect take or the perfect, you, you need to find the take that's perfect for the song. You need to find the performance that works for the song. And that was something that we've never, you know, we've always been very surgical when it comes to recording and tracking and, you know, hey, this has to be like perfect. And he was kind of like, perfect's not always better, you know, and that to us kind of blew our minds a little bit. And 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 we've known that, but it, it was just nice to have somebody say that and be like, hey, sometimes I want to hear a little bit of um, humanness in your in your playing. And and that really kind of changed a lot of our perception on, on certain things. And I thought that was a really cool thing. And I I'll still use that 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 tip all the time. You know, I love, I love getting a good performance for sure.
0: You know, it's funny. You mentioned that uh, you perfect is not always better. And I opened up the question saying, you know, what, what shattered the earth? What, what spin the earth on its axis uh, that you learned from uh, Paul and baby, all you just said was perfect is not always better. And I couldn't agree with you more.
1: It, it That's kind of what it felt like, you know, and it, it that was kind of an eye opening, like, Oh wow, you're right. Like that. Like some of my mm-hmm. favorite songs, Weren't to the grid, weren't on click, weren't chopped up and made after the fact. It was just a dude and in, in his guitar, and he played it in a, in a cool way. And you know, I, and I still hear song. You know, um, I was watching some sort of mixing thing because I like to, you know, watch those nerdy things about audio stuff. And it was the the producer who recorded Chris Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey, and he's like, the band just came in and just played it, and I just recorded it. Like it it did it, it, it wasn't like multi tracked. It wasn't like they just sat in a room. I, re- I pressed record because I didn't know what was going on. And there were things on the song that made the, you know, and I'm just like listening to that. And I'm like, that wasn't professionally tracked, like one instrument at a time. There's no way. And he showed, you know, he was playing each individual track and there was bleed, there was nasty hum. And he's like, that shit didn't matter. What mattered is we got the performance. And that, I was just like, he's right. He's right.
0: It's there a great it, song. It's a, it great is. it's
1: a great reco- It's it a great is. recording. There
0: it is. Great yeah. recording. Yep. Bob Rock said that if it doesn't sound good in the room with one microphone, it ain't going to sound good
1: with. Yeah.
0: Amen, brother. Yeah. What's the number one thing that you would like people listening right now to do?
1: Uh, Well, I'm always going to say, if you haven't heard of us, please check us out. And if you have heard of us, hopefully we will be coming to a town near you and playing some new songs. Um, and also our album jaws of life comes out February 10th worldwide. So, um,
0: if you're like me, go pick it up, go pick it up, baby. That's right. So go ahead and head over to the rock metal Podcast.ca. All the show notes for today, especially all the bonus tips and things are going to be available. The uh, link to Jaws of Life, which is out February 10th, will be there as well as music videos that have been released yeah. uh, to promote the record. So definitely a very cool place to head if you are keen. So keen, I mean, that yeah. can
1: Keen. Yeah. <laughs> if you're keen, come on. If down. you're keen. I also said go so, I also said go pick up our album like like streaming isn't a thing. But yeah, you can stream it everywhere as well too. Because that's that's the new age. I'm still so old fashioned. I'm like, go pick up the album in stores, but I don't know. We'll see.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of the Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're gonna be chatting with Neil and of the band Insomnium. Not only does our new record come with a short story that will surprise you. But Nilo wouldn't live life any other way, and I can't wait for you to hear his take on living a life of passion. Go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcast player, share it with your friends, and I'll see you next week.